0: While we're waiting just one thing I that perhaps uh, well people if you haven't been here before don't know each of the uh, the talks um, each week are recorded and posted to um, to Dharma seed um, Jaime Levine does a great job posting it right away to either to Dharma seed which is a fantastic resource with thousands and thousands of of talks by all wonderful teachers. I have about 650 myself. That'll keep you busy for a little while. Um, and uh, also our website, insightberkeley.org, uh, which also posts all the talks, whether or not, um, if it's somebody who's not a, uh, um, a usual um, teacher and uh, a spirit rock teacher, then it's posted to our, just our website, but uh, mine are posted both to ours and to Dharma mm. So, um, as I mentioned, uh, oh, and since there are, these talks are recorded, so there's people that listen to them um, outside. So I'm I'm talking both to you and to hello out there wherever you are listening. Uh, and as I said uh, before the break, I um, I recently sat with this monk, uh, Venerable Annalio, um with uh, all the teachers a few weeks ago at Spirit Rock. We sat for three days uh, with him, about 45 or 50 teachers, both Spirit Rock teachers and some teachers in the new teacher training. And I'd been... Hearing about him, I met him once and I was very impressed, but I've been hearing about him from my colleagues and other um, uh, practitioners who sat with him and and just had glowing reports. So I was really looking forward to the three days. Uh, And um, I was not disappointed. As I, I mentioned before, he wrote, this book, Satipatthana, which is uh, one of the main resources these days for um, the Satipatthana Sutta, which is the 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 discourse that b- all of mindfulness meditation is based on, um, and he's uh, uh, he's one of these guys. You know, you ever meet someone that you think you know you might think that you're intelligent, and then you see somebody who's just like off the charts you know ridiculous, uh, awesome who he speaks 11 languages. that's just a start. but he he knows the, the, um, the Pali Canon, the language that the, the Buddhist teachings have been preserved in mostly, but also the Chinese um, uh, canons, and uh, Tibetan and Sanskrit as well, and he compares and goes back and forth because it's it's uh, he it, being a scholar, he's seen what pieces might be more authentically what the Buddha spoke that are preserved in the Chinese rather than the Theravadin in the Pali, and uh, many of them, many many of them overlap. But he's a comparative scholar as well. Um. And he often refers to, well, this is what it says in the Pali Canon. This is what it says in the Chinese uh, scriptures and um, and has a, just an amazing um, uh, mastery of, of the whole canon. But besides that, um, he's a real meditation master. And um, there are a few, just a handful of, uh, great scholars um, on his level, uh, but um, Bhikkhu Bodhi, who's w- one of the most revered and who I quote a lot, uh, he's not really been able to um, go into the depths of meditation because he's had a, a history of migraine headaches for decades. So he does some meditation, but uh, and his brilliant mind, but he's not. From his own experience, and Analio um, both understands the discourses and he practices them. and he he talks about, I'll just share a little bit about him and then get into uh, the material. He, he He says, "I'm a meditator who happens to uh, be very interested in the discourses and the suttas. And when you sit with him, I had heard about this. When you sit a retreat with him, you know, most retreat retreats, if you've gone to retreats, there's sitting and walking and sitting and walking. And the teacher might sit up there, you know, at times during a lot of the sittings. Um, but a lot of times they're either interviewing people, uh, meeting with people, or just uh, doing other things and refreshing themselves. It's a lot of energy to lead a, a retreat. Anaglio is different. He just sits. So when you start in the morning, and he'll give a teaching in the morning, and then he says, and now I'll give the instructions, and then he's sitting there until lunchtime, until he has to go to his lunchtime. Uh, You're sitting and walking and doing as you like, and in the afternoon, same. He gives some instructions and then he sits for three or four hours. And he, he says, I just love to sit. I don't know how he does it. It's very impressive. Uh, I don't think he's doing it to impress. Uh, I, in fact, I'm sure not. That's not, that would be completely against everything that he's talking about. Uh, but anyway, so he, he, um, explores the practice not only from a traditional, this is how it's done in the, in the tradition and in the canon and these are the instructions. He has a very um, rich experimental exploration. He says, you just see what works for you. Here, it's good to have a, a, a real understanding about what the teachings are pointing to. And then you see, then you see what works for you. And so you make the practice your own. And he shared with, with us some of the ways that he experiments, both with the Brahma-viharas and with uh, deeper states uh, leading to emptiness. And he wrote this book, as I mentioned, uh, compassion and emptiness in early Buddhist meditation. and it's his own exploration of how the heart states can be used to, to lead to a uh, deeper understanding of emptiness, of seeing through the, the sense of self and the separation that we usually are um, are restricted by in our minds. The thing that, when I first heard him, he only has, I think, two talks on Dharma Seed because he doesn't like to be recorded, but there are two talks of his. And one talk really impressed me. I was doing my own self-retreat, and I said, oh, I want to hear what this guy has to say. So I listened to this day long that he was at Spirit Rock, and the question and answer, uh, it's... It says on Dharma Seed it's two hours and 26 minutes, but it's actually just two hours of Q&A. The last 26 minutes they're moving chairs and stuff like that, so don't, don't let it daunt you. Um, and during the question and answer, somebody asked about doing meta practice and wanted to know uh, about how, uh, if it's important to, go through the traditional phrases and and just how to do that and and how to um uh, what what's the process to really do meta meditation and how literal and what's the formula to use and his answer really hooked me he said well in all honesty um i knew at some point in my practice, that I needed to learn meta, because I have a, a tremendously strong streak of anger in me. He said, "I'm from Germany, which right away puts me in a cultural kind of frame of mind where there can be contention. And this is him talking, so I, you know, I, I, whether, I'm just quoting him. He said, I'm German by nature, and we can be very forceful about things. And besides, I I have have had a lot of anger in me. So I knew that metta practice was going to be something very important for me. But when I tried to do it the traditional way, saying phrases, and if you haven't done metta, loving kindness practice before. You say traditionally, you go on a metta retreat with us and you, you're you programming your mind. May I be safe? May I be happy? May I be healthy? May I be uh, live with ease? And you're just saying three or four phrases over and over and over for the course, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed over the course of a number of days. And it's powerful and it, it works. But sometimes it can be uh, frustrating when it's not there. And that's a common part of the experience. So anyway, he said, I would be doing these phrases and I would just get more and more frustrated and angry as I tried them, as I did them for, you know, long time. He spent a lot of his practice in Sri Lanka, in uh, in this uh, meditation center. I, I think it's in Kandy, Nalambe, which I, I spent some time at. Uh, his main practices were in Sri Lanka. So he said he was doing this period of trying to do metta, and um, it was just getting harder and harder, and he was getting more and more contracted. And one day he stepped out of his meditation hut, his kuti, and he looked down and there were uh, two baby squirrels playing with each other. Chipmunk type, you know, baby squirrels, just, and rolling around. And without thinking, the first thing that came to him was, oh, they're so cute. And then he noticed what was going on inside and he he felt his heart just open so and he said this is meta oh this is it my heart is completely open just touched by the cuteness the adorableness of these squirrels this is it and he said that became his gateway to meta, He let go of the phrases, didn't care about the phrases, they just got in the way, and he would just think of those two squirrels. He said, you won't find this in the Pali Canon, but that was my gateway to opening my heart. And all I would do was just think about those squirrels and my heart would open would open with delight, and then just focus and concentrate on that feeling, which is the idea behind saying the phrases, that you say the phrases, and at times they'll generate that feeling of of connection. And then, uh, and if you can use images, I was taught to use images can be very powerful as a support, but when you happen to feel that feeling, then you just let your awareness rest in that feeling. You drop the phrases for that time. You can pick them up when it becomes, when you start to lose it. Uh, And uh, then you just keep on enjoying that feeling. So that, that kind of hooked me. Okay, this guy is not just doing formulaic practice. So when he came to um, uh, be with all the teachers, he shared his approach to doing the Brahma Viharas um, and then how it could lead, as I say, to uh, opening to um, beyond separation to a place where there's, there's no separation and opening to emptiness all the way. You know, in in these three days, he he was kind of pointing to the fact that this leads to uh, true awakening and liberation. We didn't get there by the third day, but uh, it was great that he was just pointing that way. Mm. And he kept on emphasizing that whatever you. Whatever your experience is, don't get into seeing if you've if you've passed or failed the test. You're just exploring. You're just playing with the mind. Many years ago, I uh, met this teacher who really understood how to play with the mind, and he said the mind is like silly putty. You know, silly putty or play doh. I don't know if they even have silly putty anymore, but you know Play-Doh probably, right? And it can be shaped in any way. And once you learn to play with it, that is much more malleable than you might realize, then you can incline it towards anything. And that's one of the, the powers of sitting on a retreat where the mind becomes very malleable because your armoring is down, and there's a quiet and a kind of concentration and presence that allows you to um, to play a bit more or to go through lots of different um, places in the course of a day. And if you're if you're um, able to or learn how to concentrate the mind, that's when it becomes very malleable. And he has, I think, mastered uh, that. So he said, "Don't worry about what your experience is. Just play with it and incline that way, and see what happens. You're just, you're just exploring. You're just experimenting." So I'm going to share with you some from this book. And, and at first, I thought, "Well, I don't know. This is." This is like really, um, it was advanced stuff for 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 me and for us. And is this okay to share it with, you know, with people? Maybe you're re- relatively new to practice, you know. Um, but then I thought, well, he wrote a book about it, so anybody can read the book, and better. Even have a a little bit of a exploration in real time, then read the book and say, "What the heck is he talking about?" Mm. So whatever happens, happens, Mm. and we're just playing. Mm. Let's see what else there is to say. We'll go through. There's a few different sections and steps uh, to um, to the, his approach of going through this. And first, we'll we'll play around with the um, the Viharas. the Brahma These these heart practices of loving kindness, compassion, joy, and equanimity. Oh, one thing I'll also mention that I particularly Loved is he's big on joy, which was very refreshing for this very revered Buddhist scholar. And in fact, uh, just I'll say, uh, sometimes I felt like an outlier. For those who don't know, I wrote a book on joy and teach a course on joy, awakening joy. And uh, and at times I felt like you know some some teachers might be kind of rolling their eyes, oh. The, Here's the Joy Boy, or something like that. Um, but I've always felt that, uh, especially after I got very serious about practice, that uh, joy, which is one of the seven factors of enlightenment and one of the Brahma Viharas, that there needs to be a kind of joy um, that makes it alive and interesting. And he was saying exactly that, and he would a few times, more than once, it was almost a little awkward after a while. He said, as James and I agree, uh, joy is very important. I said, oh my goodness, look at that. But anyway, the the idea is to be playful and light with this. So first, we'll just do a little bit about the Brahma Viharas. And um, as I say, when you get, In touch with that feeling, um, sometimes when people do loving kindness practice, they're trying really hard to be loving. You know, God, I hope I'm loving enough. You know, let's see if I'm a loving person or not. And and if they're, and then loving kindness is sent to all corners of the universe, uh, immeasurable. It's called the immeasurable or boundless heart. And sometimes people get this idea that they're supposed to somehow generate enough to reach all beings and awaken their heart. That's a very big task and pressure to put on yourself. He says, and he addresses this beautifully, he says, don't go there. Don't think it's up to you to reach everybody and somehow Embrace the whole world and hope everybody feels it. He says, You just get in touch with that feeling of warmth and light inside and let it shine. And it reminded me of this Annie Lamott line that I, I love, I've shared here before, uh, where she says, Lighthouses don't go around the island trying to rescue ships, they just stand there and shine. It's a beautiful line, isn't it? And he says, when you get in touch with that feeling, then instead of trying to push it out, you just let it come out with a little bit of um, juice. And he uses the, there's an image in the classical teachings of a conch blower with the metta practice, with the loving kindness practice. You know, a conch, those shells that you... Like that, and you, if you know how to blow it right, the sound can travel very far. But you don't do that by blowing really hard, you just have to let your lips vibrate in the right way and blow gently. And he says, it's like that. That image of a conch blower is just perfect for this. You just get in touch with the loving kindness and just let it flow out and sense that there is no obstruction to that radiating. So uh, this is uh, one way that he has to do this. So I invite you to to sit, sit up. It doesn't have to be... A very, uh, it shouldn't be a stiff posture. First, he says to notice if there are any hindrances in the mind. And I'm going to take you through a very quick journey through this. But the hindrances, uh, if you're not familiar, are just different states that can contract the mind. And notice, if there aren't any, then feel great about it. And if there are, then feel great that you're noticing them so that they don't color your experience. So just first check out in the mind, right now, is there any tremendous grasping or greed going on? And if there isn't, oh, delight in that. Is there any anger or ill will or hatred? If there's not, oh, enjoy that, a mind that's not lost in hatred right now. Is there any laziness or dullness? Um, If not, if you're interested, oh, delight in that. And if there is, you might be tired. Just uh, be here for the experiment and be interested in that. Is there any restlessness? Is there any like guilt or worry right in this moment? And if there isn't, as you just sit here with all of us, oh, just enjoy the fact that there's no worry right now or guilt right now in this moment. is there any doubt? Don't worry about passing anything. You just enjoy that you're doing your best and that's enough. And so if there's a mind that's not immersed in hindrances, just enjoy that fact. Here we are together, sharing, exploring, what a nice thing to do on a Thursday night, and with that lightness, first connect with some some image, some being. For me, uh, there's a, a few beings that when I just think of them, I my heart opens. Someone that you really care about a good friend or a, a pet, a dog or a cat or a child, that just when you think about them, your heart opens. Or squirrels, if you're familiar with some squirrels or chipmunks. And uh, just enjoy that. You can even have them in your mind, And if there's a a warm kind of feeling, just notice how good that feels. Oh, this heart can feel that way. And he suggests the image of a sun shining right from your heart. And as it shines, just imagine... If there's any kind of barrier between that shining heart and the rest of the world, just imagine a curtain that's been perhaps in the way and just remove the curtain in front of you so your shining heart can radiate out in front of you. And then, drawing, withdrawing that curtain, drawing, if it's there to the right, just open it in the direction of your right, and keep on opening this curtain so behind you, your heart can shine as well, and continuing to open to the left. So in all directions, this feeling of warmth and connection just radiating out in a very easy way. And radiating above as well, up to the heavens, below To the earth. And there you are, just letting your heart shine. And just without forcing anything, relaxing in that. How sweet if that's there. If not, then it's okay. Just let it be how it is. Don't try too hard. Just allow. And now from this sweet, warm connection of well-wishing, um, we can also open up to compassion. Karuna. So this is a, an image that he likes of a, a setting sun, just sunset, the poignancy of it. And you might let your heart be touched by, by some... Um, some sadness or suffering that, some, that somebody might be going through without getting too much into it, but just let your heart be touched by, oh, there's some sadness in the world too. And let it activate a feeling of caring. Not that you have to fix, but just, oh yes, I care. And let that caring... Shine out. How wonderful that you have a caring heart. Don't get involved too much in the image. It just is activating that place of care. And let that shine in front of you and to the right and behind you And to the left, just let your caring heart shine. And above. And below. You have a heart that cares. Just appreciate it. And now as we'll be going quickly through this journey, we can open up to joy, the third of the Brahma-viharas. So you might, with this caring heart, think of someone who really you delight in seeing their happiness. Maybe a child or someone who you love rooting for, Cute squirrels. And just tune into the fact that there's joy in this world. And let your heart enjoy the fact that you love to see happiness around you. And let it shine through. In front of you, and to the right, and behind, and to the left, and above. And below. Just get in touch with that heart that loves to see happiness that knows joy Like the rising sun at the beginning of the day, all of that joyful energy. Just enjoy it for a few moments. And then, finally, equanimity, the heart that just allows things to be as they are. The image that analio uh, uses is a the reflection of a cool moon that's just reflecting everything and allowing, allowing, the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows, just things are as they are, and extend that quality of balance right from your heart. In front. Things are as they are. To the right, behind, to the left, above, Radiating a spirit of balance, of just allowing things to be as they are, equanimity, and letting it flow out from your own heart in all directions. Things are the way they are, with a caring heart and a balanced heart. If your mind wanders, just have it come back to a sense of ease and peace and connection. And if it feels like you want to go back to the the shining sun or any of the others, that's okay too. But as you radiate it out, know that it has no bounds everyone is included okay we're going to very gently stop here for a few moments and when you like gently open your eyes Before I go on, there's another piece. I just wanted to check in here, any comments or um, just a few, uh, since I do want to do one other piece, any comments about what that was like? Let's see. Maybe you're ready to move on. Okay. Yes. Thanks, Andrew. I just want to say I ended up in equanimity. Say again. <laughs> I ended up in a huge feeling of equanimity as I never have before. You ended up in a huge feeling of equanimity? really nice. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, if you're saying, I was just spaced out, I'm hopeless, let go of that. And just whatever happened, happened. But you, maybe you found if you touched And I'm curious if you if you touched any one of those, just a glimpse of your your heart kind of uh, uh, softening. I'm curious. Raise your hand. Oh, good. See, so that's we can just incline the mind that way. Okay. So I want to continue and explain a little bit about the next piece. And uh, is it off the? Yeah. Okay. Good. So then. What he does is go from these heart practices, from compassion and loving-kindness and all, into emptiness, which I'd never quite heard in this way before. And he uses, what he does is use um, the model of very deep states of concentration without needing to go into deep states of concentration, what are called the, the formless absorption states or the formless jhanas, which include, after you've gone through the four uh, material jhanas, um, which are high, high states of concentration, then the, the four immaterial jhanas are infinite space, infinite consciousness, the sphere of nothingness, and the sphere of neither perception nor non-perception. And when he said, we're going to just travel there. Okay. Um, But as he points out in the book many times, you don't you don't need. It's different than going into the state, but just like maybe you got a little bit of taste of with with these um, heart practices, you can just maybe get a little bit of a taste with these others. And we'll do at least um, maybe we'll play around with a, a couple from this space of equanimity where there's a sense of of peace but also boundless where you're not distinguishing, oh well they deserve my loving kindness and they don't, or else you know, in loving kindness practice you do the the benefactor self, benefactor, dear friend, neutral person, difficult person, and then all beings. So you're moving in the direction of all beings are can be held in these heart practices. Then going to um, the the um, tuning into the element of solidity and then going into space. Um, so let's just play around, okay? So um, just go back once again. If you need to refresh yourself and, and uh, stretch your body for a moment in your seat, you can do that and then we'll just kind of play around again. So you can choose any one of those heart practices, if it's that feeling of connection and letting the sun shine, great, or the compassion or the joy or the equanimity. Just get a sense of your heart radiating out in all directions and including everyone in this heartfelt radiance. And then have a sense of all, everything on this physical plane shares what's called the earth element. All solid things. It's just all stuff in different forms that have come together for a little while in these various forms. Human, Animal, plant, even inanimate objects, everything made of star stuff, and just get a sense of what's called the earth element that it's just all stuff playing with itself. This form called you, the ground that you're sitting on, these forms around you, this building, everything is just matter. And tuning into that, you tune into the sameness of it all. And taking away the boundaries and the separations. It's just stuff. Remove the barriers and the distinctions as this heart shines on it all. And from this sense of the beauty of the sameness, of the non-differentiation, we can move into space. And this is how to move from that solidity and earth element into space. This form called you is sitting here, existing in space. Feel the space around you. In fact, this room is mostly space. Isn't it? There's objects in it, but tune into the vast space in which everything is manifested. So as you feel yourself in the midst of all of this space, your head surrounded by space and your body, tune into the fact that you are also mostly space. If you know anything rudimentary about physics, 999 of you is space. Atoms, mostly space, with some nuclei and electrons buzzing around, appearing to be solid, but it's mostly space. Tune into the space not just around you, but in you. And not just in you, but everywhere. And let that radiant heart extend out Through all of this infinite space, feel the relief, the openness, and just letting your light shine. just a heart shining through space without limit. And relax in that. Nothing to force or make any effort. Just letting it shine. And now, just for a few moments, tune into the source of that shining. There's a consciousness that is shining And let that consciousness fill all the space. Consciousness radiating out through limitless space. No distinction, no barriers, just consciousness shining, pervading everything, and relax and enjoy in that for a moment. In a moment, I'll ring the bell. Before I do, come back into being grounded in this body, sitting on the chair or the cushion, the floor. You might very gently move a pinky or something, uh, some part of your body, so that you come back. And even after you come back, stay connected to that perspective of just consciousness shining through you. So I wish we had more time. I'll, I'll be here for a few moments, if for a few minutes, if anyone has any questions or want to check in or come back to planet Earth if you're not quite there. Uh, but just to see, can you can go anywhere with the mind. And uh, as one friend says, well, it, it's easier to wake up from uh, from a good dream than from a nightmare. So you might as well create uh, good stories and good perspectives or supportive perspectives that are more aligned with, with the truth of, of things and who you are. So uh, we have to stop here. And if that did not resonate with you, let go. And uh, if it did, then enjoy playing. So that's the other side. Yes, there's, there's suffering, and there's caring, and there's joy. So let's just for a moment go inside once again and feel your own heart. You can put anyone else in, in the room in your mind and let your kind heart radiate out. with kindness and caring and joy and equanimity. And may our coming here together, any good that comes from it, be extended and shared with all beings everywhere. May all know the highest happiness and peace. Very much. Uh, have a great week. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned did I mention Donna tonight? Huh? I didn't. There's a Donna basket there, which uh, is uh, gratefully appreciated. All right. Have a good week. See you next week.